I'm Larissa, and I want to help you find the best strategy for communicating the magic and wonder of your jewelry brand so you can thrive by doing what you love and filling the world with beauty and creativity. Welcome to the Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Larissa Worstiak. On this podcast, I explore topics in digital marketing for jewelry designers and retailers, including branding, content, email, events, social media, and more. This is episode 73, and today I'll be sharing my interview with Marco Giovanelli. He's the CEO of Giovanelli Consulting, which is a business development and strategy consulting firm based in New York City. He's committed to helping luxury brands improve their value propositions, increase their profits, research new market possibilities, expand their product offerings, and more. Born and raised in Italy, where he earned a degree in mechanical engineering, Marco moved to New York at the age of 26 to establish a new professional career. He worked for six years as a sales manager in jewelry, traveling all over the world to all the industry trade shows before finally opening his consulting firm. Today, he provides support for luxury brands that need carefully evaluated plans for their short-term and long-term goals. In this episode, we focus mostly on the topic of omni-channel sales and marketing and why omni-channel is so important during this time of economic uncertainty. Some other topics include what is business consulting? How can today's luxury brands reshape their, their sales and marketing strategies by using technology in a thoughtful way? How can luxury retailers choose their sales channels in a strategic way instead of spreading themselves thin and more? Before we get to the interview, I want to share some marketing-related articles and research with you. First, I love the article from Slate titled, The Best, Worst, and Weirdest of the Random Coronavirus Emails We're All Getting from Brands. Over the past few weeks, you've probably had your inbox inundated with emails from brands you didn't even realize had your email address. Suddenly, brands that have been slacking on their email marketing campaigns are seizing the moment and sending you an email about how they're supporting you and what they're doing to address this coronavirus outbreak mess. Of course, every company is taking the situation very seriously. And on one hand, I really can't blame them for sending all these emails because in today's business climate, it almost seems kind of weird if a brand doesn't take a stance on a social issue. It's almost like, well, do they even care? Do they have an opinion? So I get it. But at the same time, it seems weird that they're using email all of them as the way to communicate with their customers and they're all taking basically the same approach i mean all of these emails i'm getting look basically identical um and they're definitely getting lost in my inbox i'm just sitting there clicking delete 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 and not really even reading them so i'm curious what you think about this have you sent a coronavirus related email or have you held back 
Speaking of email marketing, I also wanna to touch on the topic of email marketing automation. If you do have a strategy for this in place, then you'll definitely want to check on your automations and make sure they're still appropriate. So if you're not familiar with email marketing automation, this is when a brand automatically sends an email to a customer after the customer takes a specific action or something has been triggered. So they're either abandoning a cart, making a purchase, or maybe they haven't interacted with the website in a while. So then that customer will get an email email that has been pre-created. For the most part, marketing automation is really a set it and forget it process. So you may have set up an email automation like a year ago, six months ago, and you haven't really looked at it. And I mean, that's typical, that's the point. But when something like this happens and uh, business is not quite as usual, you should definitely go back to your marketing automation and check that it's still appropriate and relevant. I know that I went into my MailChimp account yesterday just to make sure that everything I had automatically sending still made sense and wasn't offensive seeming. Um, and just to give you an example, I saw an article from my total retail, re my total retail, where the author of the article was talking about an email he got from Spirit Airlines with the subject line, never a better time to fly. Well, Spirit Airlines, it's probably not a great time to fly and you should probably pause those email marketing automations for the time being. So take that as a cautionary tale. Finally, Women's Wear Daily published an article called Marketing in the Age of Coronavirus, The Do's and Many Don'ts. Ellen Niven, a branding communications expert, says that brands need to chill on all the promotional emails that they're sending specifically to customers who are stuck at home. I mean, which is everyone. So they're really taking advantage of the fact that people are just at home in front of their computers or whatever they're doing, surfing on their phones. She says, quote, when people and companies start capitalizing on an opportunity like this, for the at-home shopper, it reeks of opportunism and strikes the wrong tone. <clears throat> people know they can shop online, end quote. I definitely agree, but I also don't want that to scare you off. I think that brands should not feel awkward about sending communications to their customers they just have to do it in a really thoughtful and purposeful way. So before you send your next email, before you post your next post on social media, before you make any kind of interaction with your customer, ask yourself if it's really appropriate and relevant for the time period. And finally, I wanted to mention that if you missed my webinar last week, I'll be doing a repeat on Wednesday, April 1st at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And the topic of the webinar is five ways to maintain jewelry marketing momentum during a global crisis. It's short and sweet, only 15 minutes long, so I won't keep you. And even if you're not free at that time, excuse me, I invite you to sign up and you'll still receive the recording and transcript afterward. And you can go to joyjoya.com webinars to register. All right, let's jump right into my interview with Marco. And omni-channel is not a new strategy if you think about it. Um, if you have a business, the goal is to sell as much as you can to the most people that you want. So that's really the basic. Uh, and it's always been the same, uh, just... Uh, 
if you were a baker in the 18th century, you were selling at your store, probably to your family. And that was your only channel because those were the channels available. <laughs> that, that's really what it is. It's, it's nothing new. It's a, it's a concept that uh, uh, seems more powerful because digital uh, access that we have these days, uh, which is great, by the way. But at the same time, uh, it's, uh, it's a territory uh, that uh, can easily be walked uh, in the wrong uh, way or with the wrong pace, in my opinion. Uh, omnichannel I define uh, compared to multi-channel as a cohesive um, group of point of contact between you and your customer where you share a very well-defined message and you try to sell ultimately through the channel that you like the most. So if you're a, a person that finds this very comfortable being surrounded by your people, you use all the other uh, channels that you have available, for instance, social media, website, um, marketplaces, to take your customer where you want to be. And I like that. I like that. I think yeah. it's efficient. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I like that. What is confusing is the multi-channel where instead every chance you have to reach out to customer, you try to sell. And unless you are really big and you have a team that works for each individual channel, it's a recipe for disaster because you try to sell on Instagram, mm-hmm. you try to sell on Shopify, you try to sell on eBay, on Amazon. On, on the store at the pop-up shop and then you don't sell anything because you're doing too much really yeah and uh, it's so true yeah. so let's sorry i don't want to interrupt you i do want to give some background about you too because i'm loving this conversation but i want to like start from the sure. beginning and then we can can uh, take it back no thank you so um but yeah, omni-channel, so overwhelming and very topical right now with everything that's going on in the economy. But I want to know about you and your background and your experience. So you work mostly with luxury brands. You consult with them. So what would you say makes you uniquely qualified to work with these brands? And like, what do you bring to the table? And well, I think uh, it can be, as, um, to answer your question, uh, we have to look at the mission statement of the company that I open. Uh, There is a part where I say that uh, I operate with an integration of problem-solving skills and aesthetic vision of business. And in that sentence, there is uh, everything about me. The operation, the operating um, problem skill um, that I use come from my background in engineering. uh, Yeah, uh, I've always been fascinated about solving problems. Um, on any aspect of life. And then in business, when I started working right after college, I always found myself uh, in position where I had to solve problems of any kind, from uh, fixing a machine to um, fixing information to customer. And um, the aesthetic vision of business comes instead from my uh, professional experience, really, in the jewelry industry. I've been involved for seven years now, about seven years in the industry. I'm Italian. And when I started working in the in the jewelry industry, 
I learned that a lot of uh, aspects in handling problem can be done in a much more elegant way. That's what I try to uh, offer to my customer. And that's the reason why I focus on luxury brand. Uh, we all somehow want to find a solution to problem. And I understand that. But there is uh, uh, a difference between uh, doing it just for the sake of doing it and doing it with a purpose that has an aesthetic uh, aspect. And that's what uh, the luxury item I appreciate most uh, of uh, the way I work, really. <laughs> yeah, because you're selling a lifestyle. That's, that's what it is, really. And if you think about luxury item itself, uh, is, uh, uh, it's, it's something that uh, challenges every brand. Because when you, when you put yourself in the luxury market, you want to be unique, you want to be special, you want to be different and, uh, and rare to find. And, uh, so even more you appreciate uh, the attention to details that uh, comes with the, uh, with the way I work. So I recently saw you did an Instagram post that answered the question and I thought this was really brilliant. <laughs> What is business consulting? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that can be a vague term. And a lot of times, even when I see it, I'm like, what does that mean? Because it can sure. mean a lot of different things. So how would you describe it in your own words and how it relates to Of course. Uh, first of all, I think that the confusion comes from uh, coaching and consulting. There is a lot of uh, um, misunderstanding between these two kind of businesses, which are very different. To understand uh, on a, an example that it's easy uh, to see for all of us, uh, think about you want to work out. You want to work out, you join a gym, you have a coach that tells you what you do. The coach doesn't really do much of the job. He just simply uh, tells you how to move. A consultant, if that was the case, would be somebody that tell you what to do build a gym around your needs and start lifting weight with you to take you through uh, to the goal that you want to achieve. That's what business consulting is for me. It's not just uh, uh, a support, by the end of the day, you do most of the job. Uh, we take and we carry the weight that you have for as long as you need it to reach a very specific goal. That's an efficient way to consult somebody. In other words, to jump into a company, quickly understand. And that's really what makes a difference, in my opinion, between a good consultant or not. You have to listen a lot to your clients first. So to be a business consultant, you have to listen. You have to be knowledgeable in the fields where they expect you to be. You have to find the strength to say no to some project, it does not good match, or if they're expecting from you too much that you cannot deliver, and then mm -hmm. work side by side based on their needs to achieve a goal. If that works properly, it's a good start to build a relationship. So every time there is a problem that they cannot manage, it comes to you and you solve that problem. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, I love that analogy with the gym. I would never have thought of it that way between the difference between a coach and a consultant. But it, it is, it is. And uh, that's what was confusing, especially business consulting is, is a concept. 
uh, and is understand why. Um, that's why I, I had the post because I have a lot of people asking me, say, what's business consulting at the end of the day? And, uh, and that's really what it is. It's a practical uh, support to your operation for as long as you need it to solve a very specific project with an extra opinion that comes from the outside. And uh, think about, for instance, uh, uh, where we are right now. We're in a time that is decision made very emotionally, unfortunately. But emotionally, the emotions are controlling all our decisions right now. In uh, a healthy economy, so let's pass through what we're going through right now. The same scenario happened somehow similarly, where a business owner, just because he owns a business, uh, believes strongly, and that's beautiful, that everything makes sense. Sometimes you need an outside input and support to do things differently my baby more efficiently. And ultimately, if you run a business and you're serious about it, other than the passion, you also understand that uh, it's, uh, it's, it's energy that you put in there with the goal to survive. So uh, numbers cannot lie, and uh, you, you shouldn't lie to your own numbers if you really want to be successful in your business. Those are great points. So why do you in particular like working with luxury and jewelry brands as opposed to a different kind of business? I mean, even like engineering, since you have that background, what about luxury and jewelry really? Well, um, two things. First, uh, I partially mentioned early, uh, the attention to details. I'm uh, um, obsessed with details with small but significant differences in uh, operation and, uh, and products. So the luxury uh, world in general stressed a lot this component. And second, uh, because it's a very creative world, especially on the smaller case, it's easy sometimes if you run it to see as a form of art, which is great, but it's lacking the business side that's a little more down to the ground, a little more basic that is needed. So. When I opened my company, I, I, I was surrounded by jewelry designers and uh, I noticed these temporary needs of reorganize their business. And I say, well, that's a request from the market. You open a business because there is a request, otherwise there is no point. So I say, that's a request. How can I bring that with my expertise? Well, my background forced me, even when I, when I cook, to use the best uh, all the ingredients in the fridge just to make sure that I get the most out of it. So that can be a good uh, um, addition that I can bring. And at the same time, I'm surrounded by people that actually appreciate details. So when we have a conversation, we, we have something meaningful that we share together. And that's what I can find in the luxury market. Great. So let's circle back to Omnichannel. We started talking mm -hmm. about it a little bit at the beginning. Um, I want to definitely focus this conversation because it's so relevant to right now in this moment that we're in in the economy, talking about Omnichannel sales and also spending some time talking about how it intersects with Omnichannel marketing, which is similar but also different. Um, so we talked about what Omnichannel means to you. I'm curious about what are some of the benefits and drawbacks of Omnichannel? So is it all good or are there some negative? Uh, no, it's not all good. Like, 
everything uh, and uh, uh, everything comes uh, um, from the past 20 years since the beginning of the internet um, I'm 37 so I live before the internet and after but we all change the way we think uh, uh, assuming that we can uh, do everything which is impossible to, to master any skill you need time you need knowledge and uh, a click online doesn't solve that problem. So the drawback, uh, which is challenging for most business, is uh, uh, FOMO, the fear of missing out, opportunity. So there's a channel, oh, I have to join this uh, trade show, I have to join this marketplace. There was last year here in New York, uh, a boom in pop-up events. And there was this sense where, oh, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't go to these events, I'm gonna miss an opportunity because this is a great neighborhood. So this is not a new place. It's impossible to do all of that. It's tempting. Yeah. Especially when you see on social media that your competitors are doing those things, how can you not like, have? A that's very true, and uh, and uh, and I'm sure you see a lot when when clients come to you for for the marketing aspect. I, I, I'm assuming. You get surrounded by, bombarded by questions like, oh, I want to be successful on all platforms. It's, it's unrealistic. Yeah. Unless you are a huge player. If you are the LVMH group, you can do whatever. And I get it. But it's understood that this group invests million. So like anything, if you invest a lot, you get a lot back. Obviously, we want to do what others successful do but we should never lose track of where we are. Because if we don't lose track, then we can really be successful for what we can. And then build from there. So to answer your question on the omni-channel uh, sales, or the omni-channel marketing really, I believe that it's important to understand exactly who you are. What are you good at? Why people like you? Because at the end of the day, people like you for really what you are and not because you're trying to be somebody else. It's simple, but so complicated to understand. But that's really what it is. Even before the influencer, actors or singer, they're definitely people with great skills, but mostly they're people that show the world who they are. That's it. Simple. So now we feel like we have to do everything, but it's not the case. I mentioned early, if you want to attack or try to reach customer or the market with different channels, there is nothing wrong with that, but invest wisely time and effort and understand what the specific channel is made for. Because if you sell sure. scarf that are for um, women in the late 50 and you try to be cool on TikTok, <laughs> and probably it takes a while to even learn to be good at it because just because yeah, yeah so why are you investing yeah. the time and effort what's the point? yeah absolutely what's the point i totally what's the point i totally agree yeah it reminds me of a recent um podcast episode i did about checklist marketing which i did not coin that term um but i love it because <laughs> It refers to brands that try to like check off all the boxes in their marketing. So they think, you know, I need to be on all of these platforms. I need to be doing all these kinds of events, all of these things, ads, blah, blah, blah. 
I mean, yeah, you can try to do all of that, but is it your best use of time, money, and energy? Definitely not. Absolutely not. So I think that's where this, the sales and marketing intersect, that you have to be really choosy about which platforms you're adopting, because otherwise it's just... It is, it is. And marketing, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's all the strategy that comes before sales. Marketing is, uh, is a way for you to, to send a message with the message deliver, you come with your sales team and make a sale. So absolutely, I I enjoy very much uh, your podcast, by the way, as I'm enjoying all the episodes. So I I definitely uh, um, listen to to the to to the previous one and uh, and agree. And I think in jewelry and uh, tell me if you if you have the same sense. There is a request from clients where, oh, I want to be great. I want to do great stories. All right, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm on a bench. Okay, so what kind of story? Yeah, I want to be a story on a cocktail party. But if you're on a bench, how can you do that? You know? <laughs> yeah, I would say 99% of the time, the thing that a client comes to me for is not the thing we end up doing because we decide it's not actually the right thing for them. But but I don't blame them in any way. I mean, they got that idea from somewhere and it's they have like a good intention behind that, but they haven't necessarily thought about their true needs. Absolutely, absolutely. And if we want to go back yeah. Uh, not because I talk a lot, but it's, it's one of the topics. I, I like food, wine, and and and, and try to, to live a healthy way. But if you think about what I said before about working out, it's like join a gym and expect to do 20 pull-ups. Start with the basic. Start with what you are right now. That's something that I stress a lot. I'm sure, I, 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 I like the part of you where you take your clients and you direct them where they, 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 they should focus on. And I do the same with the business. It's, it's tempting to lose track of what's really important because there is so much. But at the end of the day, a great skill that a business owner of any level, luxury and the luxury must have, is being realistic. And build from there. Yeah. And so true. I'm clapping. Realistic <laughs> is uh, it's, uh, it's fundamental. It's not lowering your expectation by building from solid foundation. And last time I checked, unless you have solid foundation, you cannot build anything. So business is the same. So business is the same. Yeah. So you mentioned when you were talking about the um, when we were talking about benefits and drawbacks, you were saying a lot of the bigger brands can afford to like expand their omni channel because they have the money to be yeah. on all these platforms. But what about scalability? I mean, is this something that's scalable for a small business that might even be just a one-person team? How does someone like well, that? Well, there are two, two ways for me to do it, uh, for me to to see this uh, um, this opportunity for a smaller business. First, if they can get to a stable uh, and healthy uh, financial position, rely on professional like you you focus on digital marketing well i have that support so i can expand with people that uh, i might pay a little bit more first but at least uh, they know what they're doing that's not the case yet because business is brand new because you're just working on everything well start with goals that are actually achievable and uh, if uh, 
the first goal achievable is to understand what filters work works better with your jewelry. Then you understand that it takes two weeks on a Saturday morning for an hour to do that and build that. I am all about exploring all the channels, but giving the right weight and understanding what you gain back. If uh, learning a new social media um, strategy doesn't get me anything back and I can use half of that time instead to make a quick sales or to build a piece of jewelry on a bench, well, do that instead and readjust. Don't stay still, keep moving for what you can and little by little you will you will manage to get everything. It takes time, that's really what it is. A big brand do it because of resources, but they're faster because of that. It just takes a little longer and try to stay updated. Select, keep track, so keep track, keep looking at goals and if you cannot cheat them, try to understand why and don't be afraid if you're small, especially if you're small, to just enjoy that mistake and say, okay, I know that's not what, where I should focus, I should focus somewhere else. It's a costly choice, I understand. By my opinion, if you start a business and you want to really be successful, you already plan that part of costly sacrifices. And that's really how you build it, with motivation, determination, mm -hmm. and clear goal, very simple goal, and see what they bring. All great points. So I think, and I'm sure you would agree with me, that consistency is one of the most important things to have a successful omni-channel sales and marketing strategy. So in your opinion, what are some ways that brands can stay consistent? I'll give you one, uh, you, I share with you this, that I share already when I started my company a while back, uh, about a year ago. Write down, if you own a business, your mission statement. And when I tell you, write down a mission statement, I want to hear in one, one and a half sentence, everything about what you do, how you do it, or who you do it. If you start telling me a lot of things, you're not clear. So take this concept and apply with the Omni channel. Start with one basic description of everything about you. As a, as a brand, as a company, and apply this concept to the channel that you want to um, to approach, to the digital marketing that strategy that you want to follow. But be clear on what you on on on, on what you're doing really. That's that's uh, if you don't have the, the 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 balance. And again, I'm not saying it's easy because we think we know ourselves so well that we don't have to explain it to ourselves. But we do, and when it's a business, it's not even us anymore. Especially single business owner like like me. I start uh, running my company already assuming that I will have a team, which is the final goal of my company, by the way. But from day one, I always work as a team because I cannot assume that I know what I what I'm talking about. Because when people ask me about it, they they cannot remember. The same is with with a jewelry brand, with a fashion brand, with a real estate. Why are you doing what you do? For who you do? 
be selective. And that will give you a lot of direction for all the channels that you're trying to approach, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all great points. And I think I think you were kind of starting to touch on this too. too. I think it's important to be open to letting it evolve. Absolutely. Well uh, uh, in, uh, in your podcast, you mentioned the smart goals, which are crucial and important for, for every uh, business. But there is also um, an evolution to that where you have to evaluate the goals and readjust so you can make your goal even smarter. That's another strategy where you take all the aspects and you evaluate and readjust because that's what it is. Otherwise, we will be machine, but we are not. And being focused on, 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 on these steps and regularly checking on yourself brings results on the long term, in my opinion. I'm a strong believer that. I love everything you'd had to say. So I want to shift a little bit and talk about technology and technology's role in omni-channel. Mm-hmm. omni-channel. <laughs> so how can luxury brands take advantage of technology? And again, I want to talk about this in like a scalable way. So brands of all sizes, and where should they really be starting with technology if they want to improve their omni-channel? Uh, technology, well, there, there are so many um, options right now. Uh, if you want to start with the basic, before anything else, at the end of the day, uh, a website is still, in my opinion, uh, the first step to to uh, to offer. Not necessarily to sell, by the way, but to create a, a point, a starting point in the in, in this digital world where everything starts from from one single. Uh, point. So the website will be the first one, which is pretty doable for everybody, really. Uh, there are so many um, platforms that support this uh, uh, building a website, or even you can rely on, uh, on uh, outside help, and uh, it's, it's fairly inexpensive by now. And then build it from there, um, understanding how the technology brings a benefit. So. If you have absolutely no space, no physical space, build the online um, sale experience. And uh, it's not just adding a link. A link, uh, everybody can do it, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the last part. But make sure to build an experience through your website that makes customers to, to get to that link and to actually click on, on buy. From there, you can expand on outer sources like marketplaces, marketplaces where you present your your brand that are already big, but because of that, because they are big and there are so many competitors, if you approach them with a solid website, it's easier to drive traffic. And then again, the goal is to reach the click. Social media, little by little, exploring all the options. If you really evolve and if you really build on this, and if you really don't believe in uh, in selling on uh, physically but just uh, digitally, you can even find people that build an app around your brand. Some are expensive, some are not. But I work with uh, with a terrific company in Dumbo, and uh, they build app 
for brands to, to really create a whole world around your brand at any level. So, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the digital option are a lot. Just uh, um, understand exactly what is best for you right now and then expand. Uh, I, I was curious actually to, to see if this is uh, what in your opinion your, your, your clients do or they come with a, every piece a little bit gathered and spread all over and they ask you to fix it together. What, what, uh... <laughs> it's kind of both. Um, I do work with people that are a little bit scattered in their presence and they just need more cohesion or they need to like edit things. They need to delete you know, some of their channels or um, they forget that they even have some channels, honestly. So then it's about focusing on the ones that are the most profitable and that are providing the best customer experience. And then how can we build on that rather than start from scratch? So let's let's take what's already working and make it even better. Um, and then I have some people that are really already starting from scratch. And that is actually the most exciting to me because I have a chance to guide them really from the beginning. So do you think that um, the majority that get in touch with you, they, they mostly see the, the online shopping as the only channel? And I say this because as you offer digital marketing services, uh, I wonder if they just automatically associate, oh, if I work with Larissa, I will only can sell online because that's what I want to do. Or there are still people that uh, integrate the digital experience with uh, actual uh, physical stores. Um, I would say most of the people that come to me aren't even thinking about physical retail because they think it's Ooh. dead. What do you think? <laughs> oh, what, what do you think? What was that? I don't think it's dead. I think actually it's going to have a renaissance soon if it isn't already because especially for luxury and jewelry because people want to touch things they want to have an even enhanced customer experience and I do want to talk more about that term in a little bit and I think physical retail allows you to have that in such a more enhanced way. I mean, obviously now that we're all stuck at home, you know, people are going to e-commerce and they're excited about that because it gives them an opportunity to experience brands and to shop without having to leave their house. But we can't live in isolation forever. Um, I believe another frustration though, is not only that they think physical retail is dead or dying, but also because I think that wholesale is becoming more challenging. So when I work with designers that are trying to pursue a wholesale strategy, they don't really know how to go about that. And it's super competitive. And a lot of stores now will only do consignment and they don't want to make that you know, investment to just give a piece to a store on consignment. So I do think that there are a lot of moving Yeah, I, before this whole uh, um, situation uh, started, I was reading, uh, I think at the beginning of February, I might be wrong, a few days, but uh, an article where uh, 
Generation Z, the one that we associate with cell phone and internet and everything else, social media, and just uh, being isolated at home, they did a study, I believe, uh, in England, but don't quote me for that, I might be wrong, where uh, they took uh, a sample of population, and most of them, they are putting social media away from their regular life. And that makes a lot of sense. We're human beings first. So we need interaction. That's how we are built. This is not something that comes uh, in the past 20 years. That's something that comes from centuries. So that's how we are wired in our mind. And what made me think back then is actually that the retail space that now seems to focus, in my opinion, there is this this idea where, well, we still stay open because people, millennials, I'm technically a millennial, 30, late 30, 40, 50, they still like the shop and we try as long as we can. On the contrary, there will be soon a huge request from the youngest. They don't know what it means to actually go to the store and an interacting person, and they will create it, and they will happily pay for it. Especially on the luxury side of the market, they will appreciate the human interaction that is happening. And that will revolutionize everything that is happening right now, where uh, we cannot just go all the way in one direction. It's like diets, like first carbs are bad, then fats are bad, then fats are good. Uh, come on, let's keep it simple. Let's keep it simple. Everything in moderation has its own benefits. Some more than others. I'm a big, big proposer of technology. I'm absolutely, in time like this, it's incredibly helpful. At the same time, I had a conversation right before uh, this, where uh, uh, with another profession in the jury industry, we discussed and says, well, after being stuck for days at home, people will just want to go out just because that's their cold. And that's when retail stores will have a big request of from people that just want to interact and, and feel stuff and say, okay, I'm happy to buy this, but they, they will do it. Because that's our nature, really. So for any new brand, I would say, don't get too involved completely in one direction. Keep in mind that business is relationship, but relationships are built on human relationship, and choose wisely your direction, and you'll be successful. If instead you try to put all yourself in one direction only, uh, there might be some, uh, some, some drawback uh, sooner or later. As if you just stay old school and you believe that you're a retail store and that's the only way you don't believe in the internet, I don't know why, but if you want to do that, again, it's, 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 it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's just too much. So that's, that's, that's one of the uh, tricky part that, in my opinion, require uh, people to be wise in their choices. Absolutely. And I think the whole like death of brick and mortar retail is just like one, it's a 
enticing headline that the media can like pick up on. And it's also an excuse that some of these more legacy brands can use to say like, oh, our sales are down. Well, it must be that no one wants to go to stores anymore. But that's just like an excuse, you know? It just means that you're not innovating, that you're not considering the customer experience, and you're not thinking about the new ways that people shop. And that takes absolutely. all the channels. Absolutely. And I like that you, that, you, that, you, that you say innovation. Innovation is key. And if before you could innovate any X year, the more we go, the faster it will be the cycle where you just have to be ready to change and innovate based on the request, simply because now we have opportunities that are incredibly fast. So not only you need to be skillful and unique, but thirdly and equally important, you have to have a mindset ready to adjust quickly and keep consistent with your message. And again, I believe that if you know who you are, you can you can succeed. You have to be patient at first, but that's that's the way to go, really. Definitely. So we've mentioned customer experience a few times, and it's something that I've been personally very interested in lately because I like thinking about all the different ways that a brand can provide a customer customer experience, especially digitally. It seems weird, like in a in a physical store. It's easy to think about what sure. customer experience means. You have people helping you, they're nice, um, the store is clean, it's well merchandised, it's easy to find your size, whatever you're looking for, um, whatever it is. A way to make the customer feel really welcomed as if they're coming into your home as a guest. But that's not so clear online. I think it gets like a little bit weird because how do you, welcome someone into your like online sure. home you know so what are your thoughts about customer experience online and do you have any suggestions for brands that are looking for ways to make their customers well, uh, better? online the experience uh, can happen in two ways and again depends on how much time and effort you can put in there but that's that's really in my opinion what you can do uh the first is interacting having open conversation open. with uh, with your uh, with your customer um, that's easier on social media um, for instance uh, creating live events live story where uh, you take uh, one single ring that's not a ring but one single ring and uh, you take you you schedule weekly appointment or whatever schedule you want to have where you build this ring along with uh, whoever wants to watch you. So you stay there and you answer questions while you work. That's a way to take the customer inside your workshop, especially if you're very little, if you work from home, that's a great way for me to interact, to have that kind of experience. If uh, you look at the website, the answer is already there in my opinion. Blogs on a website, What's the way we used to interact with um, with, with customers before there was social media? So back then, a blog was a personal opinion, topic, point of view, whatever you want to call it, 
where you take your customer and and you give it your own opinion. And what's brilliant right now is that you can easily add a comment part where people can ask you about it. Another way to experience is is the whole process. Um, sustainability is one of the key words in, in the luxury market for the next 10 years. It means everything, it means nothing until it's proved. So the experience is to literally take your customer through what makes you use the word sustainable for whatever level you can. If you cannot guarantee the, the origin of your diamonds or gold or minerals or anything else, match certain standard, start small. Say, okay, we are not there yet, but we try to do a little part. And you write a blog about how you recycle in your office. People want to know why you use this fancy word. And they expect you. And the more we go forward, the more educated uh, consumers are. And you cannot lie to them just with fancy label. You have to prove that you're actually doing something in that direction. Perfection doesn't happen for anybody. So let's make that clear. Nobody's completely 100% sustainable. I have a beautiful conversation with a designer that have been working in a sustainable way for years. And they admitted they were far away from perfection, but that's impossible to achieve. But we are, we've been doing this for 10 years, 20 years, and that's fine. You have to be transparent with your customer, and that's the way you can be, you can create an experience around your brand on a simple level. Again, you can write a blog and simply share your thoughts on, uh, on, on what's happening. That's a way to create something, to create interest. You can focus a little bit more on one specific social media and tell them why you name your brand um, whatever name you have. Where does Joya Joya come from, by the way? So, I mean, Joya is yep. jewelry in Spanish. And um, I just like that it has the word joy in it because I like to think you, I'm you a joyful person. You definitely are. Even with the distance, even on Skype, you, you pass that, that energy. So that's great. All right. My, my, my name is, it's easy to guess. I mean, more than putting my last name and consulting, <laughs> I kept it busy. But yeah, that's, that's uh, I don't have much to say that. And I'm not even pretending that I have to say much about it. That, that's what it is, really. But at the same time, <laughs> Time, it's very the experience that I'm building on, on, on my website, which by the way is different from a brand that actually has a product, in, in my company there is my last name, not because it's just me, because again, there will be a team, but because the last name includes everything that comes with the way I want to run this operation. And if you look at my website, I start telling a story about me being seven years old and teaching mathematics to my classmate and solving a problem back then. That's a real proof that what the name stands for is actually valid. It doesn't have to be complicated. I'm not pretending. Yeah, and it shows that you take pride in it too because you're willing to put your name on it and you're willing to put your reputation on the line. Absolutely. Really As a matter of fact, you you also mentioned earlier what a, uh, what's a business consultant. Uh, it's one that can build a reputation based on honesty. And I mentioned earlier, sometimes honesty means saying, no, I'm not doing much. That's fine. You know, it's uh, uh, as long as there is quality rather than quantity, I believe uh, results comes. Sometimes it's easier to be 
mislead because you just see quantity and you, you just fear that you're missing, that's okay. Keep your balance, continue in the direction, and you will find your way. So Marco, what else do your clients like most about working with you? Seems like you're honest and you value transparency, and I like how you equated that with customer experience. Well, I can tell you what they, they don't like, me following up uh, as planned. So I guess that's the quality uh, that uh, I um, that when we complete a project uh, is actually one of my um, greatest feedback uh, when uh, when they tell me you actually follow and put me to follow what we plan. So they like the discipline, really. I think we share that in common. If you talk to anyone I work with, they would probably say I'm really annoying, but at the end of the day, they like it. <laughs> the end of the day, that's what it is. I mean, uh, I'm, uh, if you really want to be dramatic, I'm not supposed to be a pleasant uh, judge of what we do. I have to be supposed to be an objective judge. So I have to take you back. I have to follow through some schedule. I have to, some schedule. I have to like your business long-term plan because that's your identity so absolutely but i have to be confident in, in sharing an opinion that sometimes is, uh, is a little disturbing but with a purpose it's not just a judgment i don't judge i have not judged that's another thing and one other aspect is uh, uh, i'm detached from from the business so uh, i'm able to give objective based on what it is i don't have a, a very strong opinion about a particular piece of jewelry, a particular piece of fashion. I just try to understand why it's made that way. Put on the side any like or don't like for personal and just focus on the business side. So that's what I think uh, it's, it's a great compliment when they say, well, you're really objective and um, at the end of the day, you're a pain in the butt when, when, you, when you call me, but uh, I need that. So I'm glad to offer that. I like it. So how can our listeners find you and start working with you if they're interested in getting annoyed by you? Well, I, I also am a little fun. I hope. I, I hope. Uh, well, um, definitely uh, in New York, I'm involved with the WJA. Uh, it's a woman jury association. I'm involved with the event committee. And uh, once this whole situation is solved, we're building uh, different events through the years uh, with educational purpose, networking uh, purpose, uh, or even just uh, expansion of business. So I'd be at all of those. I try to uh, visit um, selective uh, networking events or trade shows uh, in the industry and the industry of the luxury in general. So jewelry, fashion, real estate, traveling, uh, etc. They're more than welcome to visit my website, GiovanelliConsulting.com. It's very hard to spell. If you have it on YouTube where my name is, otherwise I can just... Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll perfect. <laughs> and if they get it right, they'll automatically learn Italian because if you say my last name correctly, you already have a good way to learn Italian. I guarantee that. And then um, I'm on, on social media. It's not my primary uh, point of contact. But I'm also there. I share tips uh, on uh, common business topic that uh, are helpful at any level. So the more than happy to uh, welcome to 
uh, ask me a question if they have. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. You had so much wisdom to share about omni-channel and customer experience, um, which are two things that are so important right now in our economic climate. So I love that this is very, very relevant, and I hope that our, our listeners and viewers... Absolutely. It. it has been my pleasure. And I hope that all those that will enjoy this video podcast will understand that keeping calm and adjusting is the right move to fully... Uh, use the omni-channel opportunity that are there for everybody. And I hope uh, we all go back to business successfully, you, me, and all of those that uh, are listening right now. <laughs> Marisa, my pleasure. Talk very soon. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Ciao. It was such a pleasure to be able to talk to Marco and hear more about what he had to say about omni-channel sales and marketing. Be sure to visit the Giovanelli Consulting website at giovanelliconsulting.com. That's G-I-O-V-A-N-E-L-L-I consulting.com to learn more about him and his luxury business consulting services. I look forward to sharing more interviews with you in the future. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. For more information about marketing services for your jewelry brand, visit joyjoya.com where you can download our free ebook, Proven Conversion Strategies for E-Commerce Jewelry Retailers.